when Dave saw his investment portfolio, 85% of it was real estate. Yeah. And he was like, that made sense for Graham because Graham is a real estate guy. And Alex Hermosi said, hearing that made me not want to go real estate because I don't understand real estate. I understand business. Yeah. So do you feel like real estate is almost like a universal thing that Alex Hermosi or everyone should get into real estate to some degree? Or do you think certain guys just, man, you're better at this. You don't need to do the real estate thing. I can give you firsthand experience since I know you. I've done real estate deals with Graham and I've pitched Alex. I can give you a very (laughs) unique perspective of how all of them think. What's up, Wealth Builders? Today, I have got one of the biggest Christian YouTubers on right now. This guy used to be a former rapper. I think he still raps. Last time he was on the podcast, he was rapping for me at the very end. I got none other than Ruslan. What's up, man? Dude, thank you for having me again. Yeah. I I love this new setup. This is incredible. Last time I was here, we were still in your office. Yep. We were pushing the AC super hard. Now now I'm a little chilly in this room. (laughs) This is great. Yeah. No, we're we're back here. And uh, dude, you know what's cool is... I think we first met maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we met on a Monday call. Yep. And at the time, I remember you were asking me, you were like, hey, dude, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel. What mm-hmm. should I do? I think maybe you had like 30,000 mm-hmm. subscribers. Yeah, like, yep. And so, I mean, you're already like moving and figuring things out. And then to now see like, what, 300 some thousand? Yeah, I think we just cracked 370. 370,000 yeah. YouTube subscribers just a couple of years later. And like, the the production quality of what you're doing, the guests that you're having on, you know, some of the biggest names in the Christian space have been amazing. And so I think you got a, obviously it's great for the kingdom, but I think you have a lot of um, wisdom to share for those who are trying to build their personal brand and create content and everything else. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's been fun. I, those Monday calls were really helpful. Yeah. I think having access to guys who are a season ahead, like yourself, mm-hmm. John Acuff was in those calls. Yeah. Sean Canal. Like there's some there's some heavy hitters in those calls. So I think that 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 was really helpful mindset wise. Yeah. For those wondering, we have well, I was a part of um a Monday call of Christian entrepreneurs. And I can tell you, now that I have hindsight, <laughs> so I met you and you know, obviously we have a great relationship. You introduced me to Patrick Bed David. Mm-hmm. That was great. I already knew Sean Cannell. And so he was the one who uh, uh, <laughs> vouched for me mm-hmm. to to go on the call. I met John Acuff, like you said, mm-hmm. who he was on the show, one of the most popular shows we've had. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to somebody else who helped me um, ghostwrite the Wealthy Way book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I met Pedro Adeo, mm-hmm. who yep. helped teach us how to do challenges. Yep, rock star. Yep. Pete Vargas, mm-hmm. who... Um, is helping us with a whole bunch of things. He's actually speaking at the next WealthCon too. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually was the one who introduced me to like Grant more um, personally. And I met Eric Van Horn, mm-hmm. who is a franchise guy. And since I've been looking at different franchise opportunities, he's been walking me through that. Mm-hmm. And that's like just six off the top of my head. It's crazy. Then we're you on think that about call. It. Yeah, you dropped some big names. You just <laughs> yeah. dropped Patrick McDavid. Yeah. Grant Cardone, like those are massive names. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guys led to those guys right. too, right? right? So it's interesting, man, the circles you get in yep. and then like the doors that open. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think people undervalue proximity yeah. and, and community and relationship. And even our thing was virtual, remote, but I still think there's something to the consistency of getting together. And I think dudes in general don't do well at like, yeah. Let's just talk about what you're going through and pray for each other. Yeah. Everyone's like, let's watch the fight. Let's go shoot guns. Yeah, like yeah. that stuff's dope. Like I'm, I'm all for shooting guns and we get the UFC fight every month yeah. as a way to build in that community. Yeah. But I think there's something good to just coming together with the sole intent of prayer, pr- praise report, prayer request. Tell us what's going on in your life. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. 30 minutes. And yeah, a lot of good, th- good things came out of that. Yeah. It was quick. And oh yeah, Chandler Bolt was another guy. Mm-hmm. He spoke at my event and great um, guy about, and he's been on the podcast about um, how to publish books. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, super fruitful. And, you know, I think that is a good theme for people is like, man, we, we take for granted. I don't take it for granted anymore because like I see the fruit mm-hmm. from having relationships yep. and I know like relationship capital is how I define it is like, dude, the more relationship capital you have, that's like r- really how you go far. Yep. And a lot of people, are like, dude, well, how the heck am I going to know all these people? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever. It's like, well, what you're saying is 
you don't really have enough value to offer mm-hmm. people. So you got to make yourself more valuable that people want to have a relationship with you. Like right. nobody's just like going to pull you up out of the dirt. Right. You got to right. make yourself valuable. Yep. And the the value doesn't, isn't necessarily the same for everyone. Yeah. Right. So like everyone in that, in, 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 in a circle can have different values and yes. different things to present. And that's a part where I think people also miss it because people would think like value means like I have to be the eight figure guy. And it's yeah. like, no, you might just need to be the guy that's the creative in the room. Yeah. That's the artist in the room. And that can give people a different insight that maybe they're not used to. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you like early on in my life, um, I was just mainly like the real estate guy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people come to me about real estate advice, you know, they're making money in this industry and they're like, dude, how do I invest in real estate? So I was able to add value mm-hmm. to them. Right. Um, then I became a content guy and all these guys, like, that's how we met. You're right. like, dude, how do I create content at mm-hmm. scale? Like, what are you doing? And so I started advising all these entrepreneurs on right. content. Right. And then I became, you know, a crypto guy. And, you know, we were very successful with our crypto project, Tykes. And then, you know, I was a baseball guy before mm-hmm. and I played pro sports and like, so the, the athletes. So it's like the more commonality you can have with people. Yeah. Um, and like have some expertise on what they want, the more people want to have a relationship with you. And so like, I think that's what's made me, I guess, a pretty good connector is like, I have a lot of different experiences kind of at a high level of a multitude of things. Yeah, you you have a unicorn of a skill set and you have multiple things that thread it all together. Yeah. And then it cre- it creates like you said relational yeah. relational equity, social capital, <laughs> relationship capital. Relationship capital. I like yeah. that. Uh and, and I think all those things compound over time. The more you do, the 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 more access, the bigger the rooms. Yeah. Well, and actually I forgot to mention the biggest one, which is how we connected was faith, mm-hmm. right? So faith is a big connector. Right. And all those people I mentioned before, we only, yeah, we were all in business, but we got connected by faith. And we didn't really, we didn't talk about business on no. the calls like that. We might just give everybody an update. Ah, you know, this month's rough or this month's great. Pray yeah, for this. Yeah. But it, it was mainly about, and there's a lot of stuff about family and, yes. and praying for each other's family, which is good. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So speaking of that, you know, going back to why so many people are now resonating with you and connecting with you. I mean, you started out as a rapper mm-hmm. and then you get into YouTube and you start doing commentary and, and all this stuff. And now you're helping a lot of people too, like, you know, do YouTube and, and all that. So like, how's that journey been? The, the journey of all of it has been just skill stacking. It's just, I learn one thing, I add on top of it. I learn another thing, I add on top of it. I learn another thing on top of it. So music was, I did not have access to a studio. This is 20 years ago. So I built my own little studio and yeah. I started recording. And that skill led me to doing YouTube because the in-between is video editing, thumbnails, graphic design, all all of those smaller skills allowed me to just keep stacking and stacking and stacking because I'm a creative yeah. in, in, in all those things. And so it was more seamless than people think. It's not I didn't wake up and say, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. I just kept doing the thing that was in front of me, being faithful to what was in front of me. And then you look up and you're like, oh, like I can kind of do any, any everything in, in the creative aspect, but now I have the luxury of hiring people. Now I have the luxury of paying a team to do yeah. the thumbnails and do the other things for me. And so the journey has been good. And then again, now I'm like, okay, cool. Now what is the next thing? Oh, I, I'm writing a book, you know, and I want to take that book and we're talking to publishers and we're trying to figure out how do we continue to reinvent, right? Yeah. Because you can go, you can do commentary, YouTube, podcasting, and then, okay, now if you're an author, as you are, right, that, that creates another level of evergreen content in a form of a book, which will be around oftentimes and have a longer shelf life than a YouTube video, yeah, right? And so I think it all stacks on top of each other. And ultimately, what I'm looking for is what is the format that I could add the most amount of value in? Yeah, my journey was interesting in that when I was doing rap, I was going to these festivals in Lecrae and these guys would have me come out. We'd, we'd open up. This is 12 years ago. And I'll find a lot of people that proclaimed faith in God, but there was a disconnect with how they were living. So these yeah. guys knew all the right theology and they knew all the buzzwords and they knew about Calvinism and they knew about all these things. But then you look at their life and it's like, dude, you're kind of a sloppy husband. Yeah. Like you're kind of a, you're kind of a slob with your finances. Like what, like what do we, why, why does, why is there a disconnect between our professed theology and this amazing God that loves us? And what is it that we're living day to day? And I was 
I'm tr- I've been trying to find vehicles to bridge the two because once I figured out the proverbs, once I figured out the day-to-day stuff, once I figured out how to stay married for 15 years, how to make money, how to not lose myself in the pursuit of business, then I'm like, dude, this is this is where it's at. And I and I think Christians still struggle with that, which is why I think like what you do with wealthy way is so important because it's it it's it's a holistic approach to all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think the thing you said quite frequently just now was creativity. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've realized is that creativity is a skill that everyone should be trying to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think the way people are wired right now is like to be on autopilot and to just kind of, oh, they said it. So that's what I think. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like mindless. And creative people are not that way. They take inspiration from a lot of different things mm-hmm. and then they create, you know, something new from it. And so I never knew I was a creative person until like I really started to think about it. I'm like, yeah, I creatively you know, think about how to structure deals, how to, you know, market, how to do business. And so it's not much of a surprise that when I was like, well, I'm going to make content that I'd figure out how to do it. Cause you got to think through everything creatively and how it works. And, um, (laughs) I remember Kanye was saying something like, you know, obviously he talks about how creative he is, but he was saying something like, you know, your goal should be to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. And it's like the way I think about being an engineer is, it's just something you do that's creative. It's like you got to figure out how to fit all these pieces and components to make this new thing that's, you know, amazing. Yep. Yeah, I think the misconception about creativity is that you just wait for inspiration to hit you. And until it hits you, you don't do anything. Yeah. Where what you're describing is it's both, you know, the, the left, right, left brain, right brain thing. It's both linear, logical, as well as creative, inspired, both together build something that ultimately inspires people. And I think the misconception people have will keep them crippled and not doing anything creative when they're really just looking at it wrong. Business is creative. Entrepreneurship is creative. All of these different things are creative. And if you're just looking at, well, I need to write a song or or make a video, I think think you, you, you end up selling yourself short. But the creative muscle is what keeps people fresh. It's what keeps people mastering additional crafts. I think Kanye is a great example, Elon. I think all of it is ultimately creative because you're trying to solve problems and Mm -hmm. that is creative. Yeah, no, 100%. And you're thinking about too, I always look at it like a game, right? You have this problem and there's lots of different solutions to solve the problem, right? And so you're trying to figure out creatively what is going to be the best solution? What's going to produce the best result with the least amount of resources, Mm -hmm. you know? And ideally you're really just saying no to a lot of things to find the the right solution. Yeah. And it takes a creative process to do that. Yeah. And the, and the fun thing is once you, once you figure it out, then it's just recreating that. Right. And it's not, it's, it's all the way through. And I think, so what, what creative people struggle with is the seeing the idea through to publishing. Yeah. Which is why I started live streaming in general. Right. I can create something, but if I don't, put it out there, then what I What's didn't the really, could it didn't happen. Right. Where I think the entrepreneurial side will just make products without thinking through the, the creative aspect as well. Right. Yeah. And, and the moment someone becomes both, I think that's when they're a powerhouse. Right. And so I, I'll share with you personally, like we've had some incredible months on YouTube the past you know, March, April, May, June, record-breaking months, AdSense through the roof, all of these different things. And we're sitting there we're like, this is great. But at the same time, this is also horrifying because we're dep- our, our number one revenue stream is AdSense. Yeah, we got to change that. I right? don't like that one bit. Right, what, what, what is the, what is the, what, what, what is the product? Yeah. Right, like what are we actually selling people? Yeah. And, and when, I'm, when I'm watching the horizon of what other people are doing, I'm like, oh, you can build a product and then build a marketing media aspect around a product yeah. or you can build a marketing media aspect and then be dependent on brand deals and advertisers. Yeah. That's horrifying when you really think <laughs> through it. The yeah. algorithm changes, right? Yeah. We June, July behavior uh, consumption changes. People yeah. go on vacation. People want to not be on their phone as much. People want to go outside, yep. all these things. And so now I'm at the mercy, one of the algorithm, which is a corporation named Google or Alphabet. <laughs> Two, I'm- You can cancel a, you at any moment. They, they could. There's, there's real issues with censorship if you're a person of faith. Two, I'm dependent on people's temperaments and what they're into. 
And so we've intentionally said, okay, we, we have to have some products. We yeah. have to have some stuff. So, so pivoting to building a prayer journal, right? Yeah. Like that's what, what that's is awesome. a, a, a problem I'm solving is I love praying, but I love praying and documenting and looking back six months from now and going, dude, yeah. I can't believe I prayed for that and look what God did, yeah. right? So I solved that for myself. We're making a prayer journal, We're doing a book, merchandise, all of these different things are actual products. And now I have products that the media can point to, yeah. right? And, and I think that's the part where not to you know create uh, additional first, first world problems, but I think people who just do the creative, you the algorithm changes, yeah. the, the trends change, and you just you're stuck. You don't have nothing to actually sell people. Yeah. And so I think it's again, and both, right. Both creative and, I mean, and you business. look at a guy like Mr. Beast, right. Creating mm -hmm. feastables and everything else. I think he just shut down Mr. Beast burger, mm -hmm. but, um, look, I mean, feastables on its own is going to be a billion dollar company if it's not already. Yeah. And, um, you know, he took, he, he built an audience first and then he said, what does my audience want? Mm -hmm. And he's like, chocolate bars, they're mm -hmm. kids, you know? And, I even tried some Feastables and they were good. They were like, good? Yeah. I, was I like, saw them at the grocery store and I was yeah, like, ah. And look, I never planned, I don't buy chocolate bars. Uh -huh. Like it's not my go-to snack. I like ice, ice cream. Mm -hmm. So if he makes an ice cream, I'll buy it. But uh, I was like, dude, I just got to see how good the product is. So I bought every flavor mm -hmm. and I bought some gummies mm -hmm. and I was like, these are actually good and mm -hmm. they're healthier than normal snacks. Yep. So, you know, to that end, um, he did what you're talking about where audience first, yep. Let me build a product around that. And so yeah. like Mr. Beast, obviously his goal is like hacking the YouTube algorithm. Yeah. That is his whole business model. Yep. Um, and then like, I think to your point, you get guys like me and Patrick, but David mm -hmm. and Cardone who already had products. Mm -hmm. And we were like, Hey, let's build content around the products. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a far easier thing to do because like, I, I don't hack the YouTube algorithm. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, dude, I make the content I want to make. And you know, Sometimes it's around a product. Sometimes it's just what I want to make, mm -hmm. right? And um, there's a lot more freedom in that knowing like, okay, you know, whatever the algorithm does, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm going to grow however I grow based on how much people resonate with what I'm saying. Right. Um, now, it doesn't mean I'm going to just ignore all the things. Like I take into account how you have good lighting and edits and all those things that make good production. Yep. But I'm definitely not trying to trend jack Right. or any of the stuff that a normal YouTuber would do. Right. Um, and so it's definitely, um, I don't feel stress about it. And what I will say is one thing I have done is like, listen to the audience and mm -hmm. what they want. And so that's been both good and bad <laughs> because on the good side, uh, you know, some things have been successful where it's like, man, dude, we, they're demanding this. And mm -hmm. so you create it and it's, it's a hit, right? Yep. I would say, Pineda Media, we just launched um, to do social media content mm -hmm. for others mm -hmm. has been that, right? And then you have others where it's like, all right, this sounds like a pretty good idea. We mm -hmm. got some people asking that you try it and it flops and you're like, all right, that wasn't it. Entrepreneurs, if you want to grow your business, there is no better investment than your own personal brand. The smartest thing I ever did was start creating content and investing into my brand. Ever since then, we've been able to triple our business. I've been able to raise more money than ever to continue buying more real estate. And it's all because I create content just like this. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Ryan, how am I supposed to do it? I don't know where to start. I don't know who's gonna edit it. I don't know even what kind of setup or camera or anything to do. Well, here's the thing. We can help you with all of that at Pineda Media. We have a podcast checklist that you can actually get for free at PinedaMedia.com that's going to go over everything you need on starting a podcast. But to make matters even better, we'll actually edit your podcast for you. We'll repurpose it into short form clips like you see on my Instagram and my TikTok so that people will start seeing those clips and watching your podcast and in turn being customers or investors in your business. So if you want the one-stop solution where you can get everything done for you, plus get the education you need to grow your personal brand, then you need to go to PinedaMedia.com and book a free call with our team. You can also go get that free podcast checklist and that training program absolutely free by just going there. So go check it out. And so, you know, in the end, I think um, it's going to be trial and error. Like Mr. Beast too. I mean, think about it, dude. He launched Beast Burger mm -hmm. and it's hard to call it a failure mm -hmm. because they sold, you know, probably nine figures plus of burgers. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't exist anymore. Mm. He didn't sell it. It didn't have any, you know, it wasn't worth his time anymore. So he shut it down. 
because there was too many quality control issues with these ghost kitchens and everything right, else. Right, and right, so about that. He, he, he didn't want, um, you know, like his brand to be tarnished by these ghost kitchens. He mm-hmm. won controlling feastables is easy. You know, it's like right. you manufacture chocolate bars. There's nothing really to it. Right. Right. If you were sitting with someone who is, let's just say 20 to 25 years old, what would you advise them? Would you advise them to just go make the content, develop the top of funnel audience? Yeah. Or would you say you need a product and then build an audience around the product because you don't need as as many eyeballs to make money? Dude, I'm glad you asked, asked this question because I've been dying to like explain what I've now realized. Mm-hmm. So at my last WealthCon, I had a 19-year-old kid come up to me and he asked me the generic question that all 19-year-olds ask. Can you guess what the question is? How do I become famous or how do I get <laughs> popping on YouTube? <laughs> no. Uh, the, the question I hear all the time from them is Ryan, what would you go back and tell your 19 year old self? That's like the number one thing I always hear young kids ask me and I get pissed because I'm like, all right, you're asking me what I would tell me. Well, 19 year old me was just trying to play pro baseball. Sure. Had nothing to do with what I do today. Right. I would tell me, go do it. Like keep working and, and yeah, it's not going to work out the way you thought, but Obviously, it's going to be worth it mm-hmm. later on. You're going to learn things that you're going to go through a lot of trials mm-hmm. that make you who you are. Um, so I'm like, it's just such a dumb question because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not applicable to them. Yeah. I'm like, you've given me no context about who you are, yep. what your passions are, what you want to do. Yep. Like, ask me something relevant to you. Yep. So um, I actually was talking about that at WealthCon. I was like, guys, if you're networking with people, Ask intentional questions that are relevant to you. So I'm going to be like, Ruslan, bro, how do you do these live streams? Why are they so successful? I've never had success with live stream. It's applicable. I know you're an expert in it and I know I can do it. So, you know, you got to ask relevant questions. But anyways, it did lead me down this path of, hey, what would I tell a 19 year old Mm -hmm. to do this? And so I go, all right, let's reverse. What do you want to do? He's like, well, I'm in business now. I'm thinking about making business content Mm -hmm. and, and all this stuff. And he's like, I love business and entrepreneurship. I go, okay. Um, why would I listen to you for business content? Come on. And he goes, um, I don't know. And I go, well, then nobody's going to watch. Right. I was like, you haven't accomplished anything in business. Why right. would I listen to you? Right. Right. And he goes, well, what if I made content like interviewing successful business people? I go, you can absolutely do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. People aren't coming to you now to to listen to your business advice. They're coming to watch you as a content creator. Mm-hmm. You're now focusing your efforts on being great at creating content. You're you're going the Mr. Beast route. Right. That's completely fine. Right. But you're not a business guy. Right. So don't confuse yourself with a business guy. Good. You're a content creator. That's good. And I go, so if you want to be a and I go, and so I asked him, I go, do you like creating content? He goes, No. I go, well, you're not gonna like this route then. Right. And he goes, so what do I do? Yeah. I go, so your passion's business, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? The next 10 years, you got to go eat crap yeah. and develop enough business expertise that people want to listen to you. Yeah. Go build a business. You, you got to do it. Yep. And that was like, for me, I spent my 20s uh, building my house living business. I made millions of dollars. And by the time I started talking about it, That's I already good. had it. That's good. And so doesn't mean you can't, you know, cause a lot of them, a lot of people will be like, so just don't create content until you're successful. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I think you can create content to help your business grow. Yep. So if you're, we tell our, our students at Wealthy Investor, I'm like, you should document yourself like in the journey. You should show yourself flipping houses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to lead to more investors. It's going to lead to more deals, but you know, just be transparent with what you are, yep. right? It's like, yo, this is my third house. I'm not an expert, but right. like, right. this is what it did. Yep. This is what I'm doing. You show that you will make more money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as time goes 10 years from now, you'll be like, yo, I have this whole catalog right. of my journey. Right. And I think Gary Vee did a good job of that. Yep. You know, when he started the the wine TV, he wasn't anybody, mm-hmm. dude. He was just some guy selling wine. He had never accomplished anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like you just got to see his journey. That's good. Um, you know, guys like Hormozy and stuff, they they came on the scene after they'd built a freaking business empire right. and then they talked about it. Right. Right. So it's good. Yeah. It's just, I say the same thing to Christian yeah. kids, Christian, we were okay. just at the Christian influencers con- convention and a lot of these kids are like, 
they're asking kind of the question of like, how, how do I become more popular? How do yeah, I get yeah. more eyeballs? Right. Um, it's, it's tricky with Christians because sometimes they, they, they really just want to be famous, but they yeah. kind of like want to slap Jesus on top of that, <laughs> you know, which are just like, cool, man. Like how long have you been walking with God? <laughs> like, have you read the Bible cover to cover? Like, have you went through a crisis of faith yet? <laughs> have you been, how long have you been married? Like, do you have any kids, right? Why would anyone listen to you about it, these The things? same thing, right? You know, and so I, we, we say the same thing. And the, the scary part is in business, people just won't listen because you can sniff out BS in business. I yeah. feel like people are a bit more shrewd. In the Christian space, people will follow charismatic, hip, young, cool people yeah. Who don't know squat about God in a in a tacit sense, theological. They, they yeah, like they may have yeah. the informational aspect. It's like three layers of knowledge: informational, um, transformational, and then tacit. Right. So, like you understand the base level, but you don't you haven't really applied it, and it's not tacit where you don't even have to think about it. It just is who you are. Right. Tacit. I've never tacit heard that knowledge. Word. Yeah. Oh. And so, um, when people do that, then they just. They're just, they're good looking, they're hip, they're cool, they're spe- I mean, this is Christian TikTok for the most part, right? Like <laughs> you're watching and stuff. And so the-, the I got to get on Christian TikTok. Oh, Christian TikTok's bad. Right? <laughs> I don't, it's, I don't it's watch TikTok. so bad. And, and, and it's presented with certainty about everything and, and it could be very dangerous. And so I, I tell these kids like, man, go and actually like live out your yeah. faith and do something yeah. and, and maybe interview some experts about yeah. other things. And then the experts that I know, all my buddies that, that have theology degrees and all these, they're super smart, bro. They struggle with the creative aspect. They mm. struggle with the consistency. They struggle with the thumbnails. They yeah. struggle with that. And so I'm like, I want, th- but those are the guys I want to be successful in a Christian space because yeah. you guys actually know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing, but I think inverted in that, like if you just if you're talking business, man, in business people, people are just not going to care. Yeah, you're talking faith and you're young and cool and hip. Yeah, it'll go in the algorithm, mm. and then you'll get imposter syndrome, and then you you have a crisis of faith, and you get messy and publicly deconvert, start spewing heresy. Yeah, and it's a big issue. So that's that's interesting that that, that we we kind of gave the same answer. Yeah, so it's totally different sides of the question. Yeah, but I think what it comes down to is there's no way to like really do something excellent until you just put reps in and time in, it, right? Like sports is the same way. You just t- go hit 10,000 fastballs. And like, if you make it that far, you'll probably be pretty good. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you want to talk to people about business, yeah. you have to build a business yeah. that, that's very yeah. successful. Or you have to have the money to curate experts on business. And, but then right? you're, you're not a business expert. You're a content creator. You're a content creator. Yeah. But maybe you go and build a business and have the funds to throw at getting the biggest names out on your yeah. podcast. Well, you know? and at some point then as you actually do have business success, mm-hmm. then you do become a business guy that right. people listen to later right. on. Right? right. Like I think to gr- give a great example of that, Mr. Beast would be exactly how that plays out. He right. definitely wasn't a business guy. He just made YouTube videos. And then all of a sudden- he became a business guy right. and now everybody, I would listen to Mr. Beast business advice, yep. right? Yep. Like that's not what, how he got to business. Right. He didn't start in business, right? Right. So I think you just have to choose a path. You're either going to go dominate business mm-hmm. or you're going to go dominate content creation. Yeah. You're going to pick one. I was definitely the creative who had to learn business because no one in my circle or anyone I was working with knew anything about anything. Yeah. So I just started listening. It started with like the Entree Leadership podcast and Michael Hyatt. I'm and reading. All that I'm reading that stuff. book right now. Entree Leadership. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't read it in ten years, but it was it was good for me back then. Michael Hyatt had really good content back then. Gary V. when yeah. he was exploding. So I had to by force learn it. Or nothing was ever going to get done. Wealth Builders, if you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. You have no idea what Wealthy Investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, We can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, 
then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So all you got to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there. You know, speaking of entre leadership, um, Dave Ramsey wrote it, for those who don't know. I've, I've gained a whole new perspective on Dave. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Since last time we talked, I remember uh, you were a big financial peace guy. Yeah. And then you converted over to the dark side. And- <laughs> <laughs> I got a credit card, Ryan. <laughs> you got a mortgage. You got a credit card. I got a mortgage. Card. I got a credit card. Yeah. You know, you're about to go buy a Tesla Model X. Yeah. And you're going to I'm, you're I'm gonna get car payments. I'm struggling, bro. I'm struggling with the car payments still. <laughs> In a perfect world, I would just drop the cash on it. Yeah. You know, that's that's really what I'm thinking. I'm just like, ah, oh, man. But anyways, man. you're on the dark side. I'm or on the you're dark in the side gray. You're, yeah. you're somewhere. Right? You know what really did me in okay is the 15 year mortgage thing yeah that probably cost me half a million dollars in equity, bro. <laughs> yeah because sure. like, you got to get a 15 year mortgage i'm like not in southern california bro it's never i live in san diego county <laughs> it does not make sense so that's the part was like you know it's it's like i pulled on that thread and i'm just kind of like i don't know about the rest of this stuff like yeah i think the first three baby steps are great emergency fund debt snowball yeah. right that budget all that but i think when i looked at the that then i was like oh man i, I don't know about this whole like never have a credit never have a credit card ever <laughs> if i'm debt free no and points. i have you know six figures in the bank i can't have a credit card like really dave you know uh but i get it because he's speaking to the lowest common denominator yeah, yeah. and i think most people are stupid and dumb with money <laughs> and and that and that's why he's in business yeah right but i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> no you're right so Okay, I was always kind of like a Dave hater. Okay. And obviously as Christian brothers, we shouldn't be that way, right? right? And so I had to do a reality check on that mm-hmm. part of like, dude, this guy's changing lives, mm-hmm. man. Like yeah. I may not agree with his philosophy for me right. because I'm a disciplined yes. guy who knows how to handle my stuff. Yes. But like, you know, in the overall good of things, he's he's making it happen. And like, it wasn't just Dave. It was all these pastors that I used to like look at like, man, dude, these guys are all drama and mm-hmm. whatever, right? Whether it's a Joel Osteen or somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, how many people have come to Christ from Joel Osteen's mm-hmm. ministry, whether you believe his theology or not? And mm-hmm. it's like, there's a lot of people who found Jesus seeing one of his things, right? Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how it plays out all at the end of the day. Yeah. But I do know like more people are coming to Christ because of that. Now, with Dave in particular, the part where my mindset has changed is obviously he's going after a certain set of people. Mm-hmm. I'm going after a certain set of people. They both need our teachings, mm-hmm. right? Like the people who Dave's going after, they need his teaching. Mm-hmm. The, my teaching would be very bad for them. Mm-hmm. The people I'm going after, Dave's teaching would be very bad for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Right? And um, to see though that, okay, we're both serving the kingdom in different ways. Amazing. Okay. But then to see now, like looking at him as a businessman, like reading Entre Leadership and then actually talking to Anthony O'Neill mm-hmm. about what it was like working for him gave me a much clearer perspective of this guy as a businessman. And as a businessman, he's a savage. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and it's like, dude, this guy's been doing his show for like 30 years every day, mm-hmm. taking live calls 30 years straight. The amount of work ethic. I've been doing it for three years, one tenth of the time. And I don't take live calls. I don't do it for hours every day. Like to see how much work that guy puts in and Mm -hmm. still puts in, even though, dude, he's rich. Like Mm -hmm. he, he don't need anything. He's probably a billionaire. I don't know. Um, and then to see, like I was talking to Anthony O'Neill and he was like, yeah, dude, the Ramsey organization has over a thousand employees. Mm -hmm. I was like, dang, it's huge. And he goes, a lot of stuff behind the scenes, like never gets publicized, but Dave has paid off millions and millions of people's credit cards and mm-hmm. debt like just out of nowhere mm-hmm. and like you'll never hear about it you'll never talk about it the way he treats his employees and i was like dude that's what it's all about like building an organization for the kingdom that's changing lives and <laughs> then it's also like the blueprint of and you're still gonna get hate mm-hmm. for everything that you do yeah yeah i think here's the trippy part you said people who take your advice need your advice probably wouldn't do well with Dave advice. Here's the, here's the trippy part. I think there's a lot of people like myself who needed Dave's advice 15 years ago, 12 yeah, years ago. Yeah. And now I need the other side of yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. Right. Because in Dave's advice, 
I was able to develop the discipline and the restraint and the delaying gratification and not doing credit cards for a decade and yep. not having a car note, not doing any of these things yep. that has positioned me to be in a place where like I can have a credit card. Yeah. It's paid off every month. And I think that bridge is, is it's, it's a nuanced conversation. And for folks that are like sip the Dave Ramsey Kool-Aid, like I did, it's hard for them to think like that. But like, dude, once you're out of debt for 10 plus years and money's not a struggle, yeah. you, you just start thinking about differently. So I actually think that there's going to be more people that like walk through that, get debt free, get fine. Like, dude, when you grow up, I don't know how you grew up, bro. Like I grew up poor, poor. Like mm -hmm. I grew up, like we were on welfare, mm -hmm. government cheese, going to get food boxes for Mr. Ben. So like there's zero financial literacy, like mm. nothing. And then- to build something, you you ha you almost have to deprogram the scarcity mindset in yourself. Yeah. And I, I I still I'm very financially conservative, you know, yeah. but I think that there's a lot of value in what both of you guys are saying, but yeah. very different audiences. The young guy that's disciplined, that's restrained, that has vision, that is willing to take some risk and understands what is worst case scenario. If I do exactly. everything Ryan says and I completely fall on my face, what's worst case scenario? You file for bankruptcy. I'm still young. You're still young. <laughs> seven years, that's off your record and you, you, you're good, right? Sometimes you can even get it before that. Right, but that's, yeah. but, but it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the hack from um, the subtle art of not giving an F, yeah. right? Think of the worst possible scenario and ask yourself if you can live with that. Yeah. And if you can, then go through with that decision. Whereas in Dave Ramsey's situation, I mean, he makes it sound like if you fall and, and go through what he went through, that it's the end of your life and it's not. Yeah. And so I think, I think, yes, I think we need both based on where people are at what season they're in. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, like, like you said too, he went through losing it all mm -hmm. and like it obviously scarred him and, you know, shaped his beliefs into today of like, yeah. I don't want anyone to go through that pain. Yeah. Let me stop you from doing that. Right. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, I think both coexist and it's like, you have to know what season of life you're in. Like, and you know, an older person who's on a W-2 job who may never be an entrepreneur. It's like, yeah, dude, we got to take some baby steps to to get where you're at. And right. a young guy who's like trying to like go take a risk and make it. Yeah. Take some risk. Yeah. Like saving up penny by penny in your twenties yeah. isn't going to be great. Yeah. Um, do you think people should do both? Cause I feel like there's a, the, like having, I think, I think people, if you're young and you're savvy and you're getting access to the Ryan Panitas and, and all the amazing content that people have, I don't see why someone can't save 10, 15%, throw it in an index fund, or at least have a Roth IRA, yeah. you know, six grand a year, throw it in an index fund. So my thing is like a Roth and index fund and stuff is, is lazy. Okay. So it's like, you're not putting in the work to learn how to invest. That's you, true. You're just like, whatever. Just, yeah, just, just let it rock. Yeah. Right. Whereas I'm like, no, dude, like if I'm gonna make money, how do I maximize it? So mm -hmm. I learned real estate mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, dude, I can make way more with real estate because I put the work in to mm -hmm. learn real estate. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the index fund and stuff is never going to like make you wealthy quick. It's like mm -hmm. a lazy way. If you don't know anything else, it's better than the bank. Yeah. Right. So, but we should all learn new skills mm -hmm. with investing. Um, and it doesn't mean that I don't like, I have money in a money market right now, sure. but it's not because I don't, uh, know how to invest it. It's because, yeah. Hey, that's my safety net. Right. You know, those are my reserves. Right. So I'm not going to touch them. Let's just get the max return. Yeah. Right. That's safe. So, but, but to go back a little bit, you asked, you know, how did I grow up? So I grew up actually, um, middle class, mm -hmm. but my parents should have been doing Dave Ramsey mm. and it actually scarred me watching what happened to them. Mm. So, you know, they, my mom was a realtor. My dad owned a convenience store. So they were both entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I just knew they could kind of like work when they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I always went on trips and vacations mm -hmm. and I lived a really good life. Um, not like ultra rich, but like good. And all of a sudden the crash came when oh, I, was crash. 18, I was 18 years old yeah. when, in 2007. Yep. And, um, I watched them lose it all. Mm. We lost the house we grew up in and all this stuff. And oh, then I watched man. them struggle for like the next five years. Sheesh. And um, they lost their stores, their business, literally everything. <sighs> and I watched them just dwindle like other people's savings mm. and go into credit card debt. And like, I didn't realize it at the time, but a lot during that was just all financed by credit mm. cards, like the lifestyle we were living, right? And so when everything came to a, a crash, I got drafted by the Oakland A's in 2010. Um, you know, the economy was like at mm -hmm. the bottom. I remember. And I just remember like 
I had to give half my signing bonus, which wasn't even a lot of money to my parents to like pay the bills. Mm. And I don't think I've ever told the story, but um, it made me realize like one, I'm never going to be able to depend on them to like provide for me anymore. Yeah. Like they did a great job up to this point, but that's not going to be a thing anymore. Two, it made me realize like, wow, everything fell because they just overspent. They bought stuff that was reckless. They, you know, didn't live below their means. Mm -hmm. They financed to keep up a lifestyle. And I was like, I'm never going to do that. Like I will live frugally. I'll I'm not going to ever put myself in a bad position. And guess what? It made me more resilient to want to be creative to make money. Come on. Because if I said, hey, this is my constraint. That's I'm good. not going to go above this, but mm. I do want to live better. Yeah. How do I do it? Mm. And so I started asking the right questions of, okay, well, what if I did this? What if, what if mm. I start flipping couches? What if mm. like, and it made me resilient that way. Whereas other people are like, no, no, no I'm going to live this way. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, that's, that's, that's good. And, and, you know, and that's one of the aspects that I still hold tightly from Dave Ramsey is avoiding lifestyle creep. Mm. Cause I see it all the time and you start making a little bit of money and all of a sudden you're, you, you know, the, the size of your house gets bigger, the quality of your car gets bigger, all these things. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, ah, that, that, that creeps me out, man. Yeah. You know, cause I'm the, I'm the spender my, in my marriage, dude, I love, I love to spend. I, I, I love <laughs> nice things. Uh, if I, if I'm going what to What are you spend, tempted to buy? Tempted to buy. I mean, food. Like if we go to, out to eat, like uh, I'm like, uh, we're at the hotel. Like I got to check out the steakhouse. Like, yeah. What is the best steak? You know? Yep, so yep. I'll, I'll spend stuff like that. Um, business that's, stuff that's is like favorite. gear. Like I'm, I'm into like cameras and stuff, but yeah. I haven't been buying any of that, but I like, uh, premium stuff. Like I like, uh, Tesla's like, I'm trying to get a Tesla. I'm like, ah, but even that I'm dragging my feet. I'm yeah, renting yeah. everyone. I'm seeing how they feel. Clothes, shoes shoes probably be up there but even even that like i just i have the shoes i love and that's it you watches know? no not yet I haven't gotten into watches right. that'll be the next thing <laughs> be but the I'm, next. I'm 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 peeping there you know go. i was with omar and he had a, a rolly on yeah. and i'm just kind of yeah. and, and watching you kind of break down like they hold in value um uh i want to get a louis vuitton bag this year you okay. know uh so stuff like that but i'm saying the, these are things i would like to do but i'm like super conservative still because yeah, yeah. i'm like I know me, and if I start opening those doors, you're gonna want another. I'm gonna want another, and I'm just like I got. I'm I'm chilling, you know, yeah. until I I have a specific number in the bank I want to have before I go out and yeah buy the car. Yeah, you know? that's why I text you. I say, how much do you have on reserves for everything? You yeah, know, because yeah. I think those are like important questions. Because the way it sounds is like Ryan's a high risk guy. Yeah, you know, which you are, but you're also like no, no, no. But I have. Personal savings. I have reserves. Yeah, you said three months of reserves for everything, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So that so those are the things that I think were helpful for me to go. Okay, well, all right. I kind of know what ballpark numbers I need to have. That and, and well, even still, I want to just pay I, cash for everything. Well, and here's the thing too, right? So when it comes to reserves, and I've never been through Dave's stuff, so I don't know how he would define it. But like, okay, so you want cash reserves because if you run out of cash, it doesn't matter how successful you are, your business is like. It's dead. Yep. <laughs> you can't pay the bills. Yep. So you could have all these assets that, you know, have your net worth really high. But mm -hmm. if you have low cash, and this is a problem real estate investors have because we like throwing all of our money into deals and then like we run out of cash. You'd be cash all poor. The time. Yeah. Yep. So I've always tried to avoid that. And it's still a hard thing to prevent because it's like, oh, well, if I just do that, like it's such a good deal because yep. we have deal flow mm -hmm. all the time. Right. So, you know, you want to have a certain amount of cash reserves. But here's the thing I know too. Is like, even though I never want those to dwindle, like, you know, crap happens, mm -hmm. you know, slow months, like the economy turned last year. So, you know, you're put in a bad position, even though that, I mean, basically you use your reserves. Mm -hmm. That's why you had them, mm -hmm. right? For mm -hmm. a tough time. And then you're like, dang, I got to build up. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. If you're doing the right things day in, day out, and you're accumulating these assets. Mm -hmm. Now you can start selling off assets, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, well, you know, I got these rental properties. I could go sell, you know, these three and get a million bucks. Mm -hmm. And then like that covers the whole, right. And so, you know, I had to do some of that, mm -hmm. right. And I'm still doing some of that. Um, you know, I bought the land I was going to build my dream home on mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I don't need anymore. I just got a different home and mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna sell this mm -hmm. and it's got millions and millions of equity. Mm -hmm. And so like that replenishes now, obviously you don't want to sell all your assets. Yeah. Like the, the goal would be you keep accumulating assets every year yeah. with the money you're making. Yep. And then you sell some 
each year. And yep. if you're in constantly this accumulation mode, you can afford to sell because you don't just you're not going to hold everything forever. Yeah. So that's good. And and two, like business is an asset, right? Yep. If if worse thing came, like I could be like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna sell a percentage of this business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like this is an asset. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of ways to like raise capital mm-hmm. is yeah. my point. Yeah. I think, well, I think you and Dave, and I'm not sure how far you are in entree leadership, but I think you guys would agree on three to six months of yeah. reserves for everything. Yep. So I think you guys would align there. Have you haven't seen Alex's interview with Dave? Have you? No. So, so this is a really interesting thing. And I would like to hear your thoughts on this. Alex goes, I saw your interview with Grant. And when you saw Grant's portfolio, uh, not, not, sorry, Graham, and, and it's like when Dave, when Dave saw his investment portfolio, 85% of it was real estate. Yeah. And he was like, that made sense for Graham because Graham is a real estate guy. Yeah. You don't need a bunch of stuff and mutual funds and index funds yep, and all yep. the other things. You're a real estate guy. That's what you should do because you understand real estate. And Alex Hermosi said, hearing that made me not want to go real estate more into real estate because I don't understand real estate. Yeah. I understand business. Yeah. So even hearing what you're describing, I go, oh man, that sounds cool. Like having a couple places in Big Bear yeah, and all yeah. this, right? But then I go, but I don't really understand <laughs> like, real estate. Yeah. Like I understand content and I understand specific products around yeah. the content, right? So do you feel like real estate is almost like a universal thing that Alex Hermosi or when I have more cash flow on hand, everyone should get into real estate to some degree? Or yeah. do you think certain guys just, man, you're better at this. You don't need to do the real estate thing. Yeah. So I can give you firsthand experience since I know you, I've done real estate deals with Graham and um, I've pitched Alex. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I can give you a very <laughs> unique perspective of how all of them think. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this is the behind the scenes of, of real life. So with Alex, I've pitched him before about real estate deals. Okay. This was like maybe a year or so ago. Okay. Um, for him, he's so focused on business mm-hmm. that he, for one, like he said, he doesn't know how to evaluate it. Mm-hmm. And two, it's just not worth his time. Mm-hmm. His opportunity cost is so good to go buy businesses and everything mm-hmm. that he would be dumb to do anything other than that mm-hmm. because he'll make so much more money with that. Mm-hmm. Another example of this would be um, Neil Patel, who's been on this podcast. Um, literally him, he called me yesterday. He's like, yo, I'm selling my property. Um, you know, I'm about to make a good chunk of change on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think I should do? How do I pay no taxes? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, here's how you would do it. And he goes, okay, cool. So send me that. Cause I was like, I'll send you a deal that we could potentially do together. Dope. And he's like, okay, so I just need to run it against what I would make doing what I currently do. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the software space. He's in the business acquisition space. Mm-hmm. And so he's looking at it from his expertise of like, okay, this is what I would get doing what I do. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm gonna get over here. And I told him, I go, here's the thing, Neil, you will make more doing your thing. Mm-hmm. You're the best in the world mm-hmm. at doing what you do. Mm-hmm. So for sure you're going to make more. Right. Yeah. It's going to take work on your end. Cause you right. got to actually do stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. if we do it together, it'll be passive for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll do the stuff and you're just going to put up the money. Um, so you just have to decide. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, the risk associated with it is like, well, real estate is there, right? It's, it's, it's tangible. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably the safest investment in the world. Mm-hmm. A business yeah, I mean, with you behind the wheel or Alex behind the mm-hmm. wheel, it's it's pretty high likelihood. Mm-hmm. But businesses go under all yeah, the time, yeah. way faster than real estate, mm-hmm. right? So there is risk versus reward. Now, mm-hmm. Neil's personal risk or Alex's personal risk mm-hmm. on doing a business deal is going to be significantly less mm-hmm. than Joe Schmo's. Sure. So for them, you know, it's like, man, you're so good at this one thing. Why even mess with it? And that's the same advice Neil gave me. He goes, Ryan, you're so good at real estate. Don't even worry about SaaS and mm-hmm. tech and this other stuff. He's like, that's my field. Mm-hmm. You know, just focus on real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that end, opportunity cost of your expertise mm-hmm. is something you're always comparing against real estate. Um, now in Graham's case, um, Graham you know, he doesn't do that much real estate. So, I mean, he got started as a realtor and mm-hmm. he's bought some properties, but by no means is he like doing hundreds of deals or sure. like he's, I would say he's, he's what you are. He's a content creator mm-hmm. who like, I think you could learn to be like his level of expertise in mm-hmm. real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he made his money from 
um, being a realtor early on, but he made pretty much all of his wealth making content. And then That's in good. turn, you know, he started buying some real estate because he already had previous experience mm-hmm. of it. And, but even him, he's like a Dave guy. So mm-hmm. he's ultra conservative. Mm-hmm. So he's like super frugal, mutual funds, yeah. everything else. Mm-hmm. I made my wealth literally being risky and mm-hmm. flipping houses mm-hmm. and like going all in a yep. lot. Yep. And, um, I've been burned, but I've made a lot more wins than burns. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've done over a thousand transactions at this point. So mm. like, I know it better than 99.9% of the world. So it's like, it'd be dumb for me to be trying to trade stocks yeah. <laughs> or, cause I just don't know it. Right, 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 right. No, yeah. that's good. That's good. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is it comes down to your level of expertise, the opportunity cost and your capacity to learn something new. And if it's it, the opportunity cost to learn something new, because right. this is what I tell people too. I'm like, there are people who are like, should I join your coaching program? Mm. And I'm like, honestly, you shouldn't. And <laughs> they're like, why would you say that? You don't want my money. And I'm like, dude, you kill it doing this thing. Right. You know, like for you, if you were like, Ryan, should I join your coaching program? I'd say no, mm. because I'll be like, bro, you kill it doing content and right. media. Right. You should just focus on that. Right. Do that better. Like build a, a better business vehicle mm-hmm. behind the content. Mm-hmm. You're going to make way more money than you would trying to go figure out how to talk to sellers and find deals. Right. Right. What guys like you should do is if you don't want to learn an investment vehicle that you actually understand and like are really good at, mm-hmm. you should just give your money to guys like me and whoever else who do. Mm. And that's what high income earners who are not in the investment field should do. Got it. Yeah. And would that could that be classified as a Roth? Well, you could invest because can't you like self? Um, if you had a assign? if you have a retirement account, huh. you can invest in funds. Huh. But what do most people do? They just it, it doesn't it it doesn't count as like a tax depreciation well, thing or whatever. Well, they can get depreciated. So like if you just gave a hundred thousand dollars towards a real estate deal, you and I were going to go uh-huh. do, you would get depreciation. Okay. Yeah. So that would still happen. Okay. Um, what people do with retirement accounts is let's just say, you know, you go make a million bucks, mm-hmm. right? And you have, there, there's so many retirement vehicles set mm-hmm. up, right? Mm-hmm. But let's just say you, you put 50K away or 100K away in this retirement vehicle yeah. from your income. Yep. If you got the right retirement vehicle, like a self-directed IRA. That's what I was thinking about. Yep, yeah. Yeah. You can take the 100K that's in there yep. and still invest it with me. Got it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Wow. Yeah. That's good. So if we do the audience, I don't know if this is too high level no, for no, them because no, no. we're getting so nitty No, no, but it, it's so to br- like, this is my philosophy. Yeah. Okay. We have a saying called make, manage, multiply. That's what we teach a wealthy investor. So yeah. on the make stage, we want you to make 250K doing a skill. Yep. For you, that skill is creating content. Right. For most, it's not going to be content. <laughs> That's a hard skill yeah. to master. Mastering real estate, if you don't have any other skills, is far easier. Mm-hmm. So- Let's teach you how to flip houses wholesale and yeah. get you to 250. Yep. That's our goal. That's dope. You don't need a team. You can make 250 on your own. Yep. Right. From there, you get to the managed stage. That's where we want to get you to seven figures. Mm-hmm. Now, the skill set's different. You got to figure out how do I start hiring people and managing mm, people? It's different. Yep. Like in the make stage, you're learning the actual principles of your skill. You're yep. learning how to film, you're yep. learning how yep. to yep. edit, yep. Yep. all that stuff. In the managed stage, you're learning how to scale. Yeah. So you're you're experiencing this yeah. right now. Yeah. You're like, man, how do I hire this guy? Yeah. And core values, yeah. SOPs, yeah. accountability. All of it. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. And that's every good. business. That's good. Right? Once you make seven figures and you've built a team, an actual business, mm-hmm. then you get to multiply. And multiply is where you start thinking about the questions you're having of, well, now that my business makes money, where do I invest it? That's good. Because before then, you should be always reinvesting back into the business. Mm-hmm. All your money in make and manage should go directly back into the business, growing it That's good. until you're at least seven figures. That's good. So I tell people, I'm like, you shouldn't buy a rental property. Yeah. You shouldn't start a side hustle. Yeah. You shouldn't be starting a new business yeah. until you're in the multiply stage. Mm. Once you're in the multiply stage, okay, you want to buy rentals? Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, Buy one yourself, invest in a fund. I don't yeah, care, yeah. right? You want to start a new business? Maybe you shouldn't, but if you really want to do it, cool. You at least have business framework and expertise now to be able to launch mm-hmm. a different business or a different product. Um, or, you know, do you want to just double down mm-hmm. and keep growing the business even more, which is like usually what people should do. All right, cool. We got some money. Let's double our marketing. Let's hire more staff. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And, and, and I remember you saying that the reason why people are at that north to seven figure way getting into real estate is not even because they're trying to get cash flow. It's to it's as a, as a tax burden, right? Like to, yeah. to offset taxes. Yep. That's genius. Yeah. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of real estate because it does three things that no other industry does. So, okay, we'll take both of us, for example, you're in the content space. Okay. You can absolutely go make a million bucks being a content creator. Beyond that, you pretty much don't have the other skills after that in like the multiply stage. Right. You don't really know how to invest it. Um, your content creation doesn't really have long-term value, right? Like it's not building wealth while you sleep. Right. You know, you got to keep making videos right. to pump it out, right? Real estate is different because with real estate, you can definitely make seven figures, you know, from flipping, wholesaling, whatever, right? The second thing it's doing is you now have the framework to invest mm -hmm. and you know where to put your money that you are making because mm -hmm. it's just, it's the same business. You're just choosing to keep the property instead of sell it. Right. Right. And then the third thing it's doing is it is building long-term wealth mm -hmm. because all these properties I keep, they just keep appreciating. I get tax write-offs. Content creation doesn't get tax write-offs like real estate. Right. Right. I could write off everything I write off here plus more in real estate. Um, so that's why I love it. And, and nothing, no, other vehicle in the world does this. Mm -hmm. Stocks don't give you that ability. Mm -hmm. Stocks don't get write-offs the way real estate does. Yeah, you can, I mean, day traders are few and far between, but mm -hmm. maybe you're a good day trader and then you buy long-term stocks that yeah. you want to hold and then, you know, you don't get the write-offs. Yeah. Um, and the other part about being a day trader that sucks is that it's usually dependent on that person day trading because, you know, I was talking to one of my one-on-one -on -one students and he was like, yeah, dude, I day trade and I make a couple hundred thousand a year. And I'm like, could, could that be delegated? Can, can anyone mm, else day trade? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, no, like I, I am the guy. Yep. I'm like, okay, so you just have a job. Yep. I can build my house flipping company and like, I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what you just did there? What? What does it make? Manage. Manage. Multiply. Multiply. You just created your own Dave Ramsey baby steps. Those are our baby steps, <laughs> whether That's I great. knew it or not. That's and great. you know who actually gave me that framework was uh, we brought Pedro Adeo in here uh -huh. on like very beginning of the year in January. Yeah. And he's like, Ryan, what do you believe? Like, yeah. how do people get wealthy? And yeah. I explained it to him. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't have a name. I was like, they have to first like make 250. Get a strong income. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you need active income. You don't yeah. buy assets right away. You got to make active yeah. income. That's good. Then you got to learn how to hire people and yes. scale. Yes. Then you got to learn how to actually invest. Yep. And he's like, okay, how do we market this? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. It's like, make money, hire people, yeah. invest it. That's it. And he's like, make, manage, multiply. Come on, bro. And I was like, I like that's, that. That's great, bro. Yeah. No, it's good. It's linear. It's it's helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. So I don't even know how we got off on that tangent, but that's that's the framework, yeah. dude. Like, um, I don't know how it fits into Dave's world, but um, I would say to you, like I said, and to anybody else who's like, dude, how do I build wealth? It, you don't have to do real estate. I just think it's like one of those things that anyone can do. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how creative you are. Obviously, the more creative you are, the more successful you will be in anything. Um, but you don't need to be athletic. You don't need to uh, be introverted or extrovert. Like, ev dude, I see people in all shapes and sizes succeed. You know, as you know, making content, man, there's there's a lot of natural talent that's required. You got to be extremely creative. Mm -hmm. You know, your look matters. Um, the way you speak matters. There's so many things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful, man. That's good. Yeah. You know what I was telling? Um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but the uh, the 19 year old kid that I was kind of like telling that earlier, mm -hmm. I go, you know, in the business space, the number one thing that well, like, like you'll have a cap on your audience in business. Mm -hmm. The cap is simply the amount of success you've had. Mm -hmm. So the more success you have in business, the more people will listen to That's you. Right. It's like, okay, Mark Cuban, I will listen to what you have to say because of what you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, as Patrick and Ed and all these guys have more success, I'm willing to listen to them. Mm -hmm. Gary Vee. And you look at all these guys and it's like, man, dude, they've been in business like 30 plus years. That's why people listen to Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. uh, and so- if I look at even myself on the social media front, I got to always remember not to compare myself to them. Like they've had way more business success than mm -hmm. I've had. Mm -hmm. 
but they're also had way more longevity. That's like true. I know I can get there, but there's no fast track. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way to go get 10 million followers as like a business guy. Right. Because I just don't, I haven't done enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. It, it's all going to be anchored on your expertise and what you're, what you're offering to the, to the world. Yeah. The more expertise you have, the more value you have, the the more people will check for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think's uh, next for you in the business world? I mean, I mean, you're doing the merch and stuff. Yeah, we have apparel, the prayer journal. We're we're excited to launch that. I'm doing our live podcast event, and then I'm writing a book. So I'm excited to to, to see how that comes out. Uh, solving for the version of myself from 20 years ago, mm. the kid that's struggling, bad mindset, addiction, all of it, and and if can I take that? 15 years of wandering in the wilderness as the children of Israel did. And can I compress that 15 years into two years for that person? Yeah. And so that's the, that's the book. So it's like, um, it's, it's going to be really speaking to that version of me from 20 years ago. Mm, yeah. I love that. What have you seen? What, what have you learned this last couple of years? Like interviewing all of these Christian, you know, people, these, these influential people, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Most people aren't as far gone as you think they are, mm. right? Sometimes you can get real jaded in the Christian space because you you hear horror stories and you hear about these pastors and all these things and your brain can skew to just think about the negative. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is the more you sit down with people and the more you meet people and the more you see people and how they live, you realize there's way more Pastor Greg Laurie's out there yeah. than there are the dudes that, shipwreck their marriage and ruin yeah. their family and caused a whole bunch of people to struggle with their faith. Mm. So I think there's way more good out there. And They're that's not publicized. Yeah. Like I didn't even know Greg Laurie was until they made the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he, dude, he's been faithful for 50 plus years leading a church, crazy, preaching the gospel, married to the, to, to the same woman, kids, grandkids, you know, yeah. there's way more guys like that out there. And Greg Laurie, you know, He's Jesus Revolution. He's Revolution. The movie, they it. do the Harvest Festival. They just had, I want to say, uh, seven thousand professions of faith. Yeah, forty five hundred people baptized. Right. So there's way more guys like that out there than there are the guys that are jacked up and hypocritical. <laughs> and our our brains, it's hard to think that. And so I think when you immerse yourself in, in Christianity or just keeping up with what's happening, it could be very easy to just see the negative. And so I would say that's the biggest thing. I would say probably too, that's the thing in life in general, right? Because you have um, these guys who get hyper-focused on, let's just say politics, mm-hmm. you know, the left and the right. Oh, and yeah. uh, they're hyper-focused on every wrong thing mm-hmm. that Joe Biden's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would, I would venture to guess that the majority of Democrats or the majority of Republicans are actually really good people who want to help, you know, the country. And then, you know, you get some people who screw up or say dumb things mm-hmm. and they got their own agenda. And like, that's what gets publicized. Yeah. People on the fringes have the loudest voices, but most people aren't on the fringes and yeah. most people who are normal aren't loud. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. They're not, they're not making all these things. Um, And I think too, that's what I've realized in the Christian space. Now that I've gotten to talk to so many of these big people, I was a guy who was very, um, I would say critical. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you talk to them and you you just like hear behind the scenes and you're like, wow, you know, like these guys are just normal people. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to publicize every wrong thing I've ever done, oh boy, you'd think, I was the worst person ever too. Yep. yep. It's just they they have an audience. Yeah. 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 I think meeting people who are influential, successful, your brain goes, no, they actually help people. And that's why they're influential. There's no there's no there's no conspiracy trying to you know what I mean? Like because <laughs> yeah. our brains will go to that, like we'll see something and it won't make sense. And we're like, why is, you know, it has to be some sort of like thing. And it's like, no, a lot of times it's just people are in the right place at the right time with the right answers and, yeah. and, and, and they benefit and others benefit as a byproduct of that. So I would say I've grown more hopeful. I've grown more hopeful in the last six to 12 months, mm. meeting a lot of people and hanging out and building relationships. Um, yeah, that'd be the biggest thing. Yeah. I love it, bro. Well, dude, 
It's good getting you back on the podcast. Yeah, man. man. Thanks for uh, having me. You got, you got your event coming up? Yeah, August 26th in Oceanside, California. It's our first live podcast yeah. event. So if you're anywhere near so Southern California, you want to come. Oceanside is 45 miles north of the San Diego airport, 55 miles south of the Orange County airport, about an hour and a half south of LAX. And so we're going to be doing some live in-person events. And just really trying to bring people together in person because I think online is cool, but it does two things. One, people come together, they meet other people, they build relationships and then, and, and hopefully get plugged into churches. And then two, it helps me and the people that I make content with to not just see numbers on a screen. Yeah. Because numbers on a screen. You're not a view, you're an actual person. You're an actual person with actual needs and dreams and desires. And it helps me to take what I do way more seriously. Yeah. What's so, the website? How do they get plugged in? Uh, RuslanLive.com for tickets on that. And then everything else is just Ruslan KD on all platforms. Cool. Yep. Awesome, guys. Well, you're out there. Go show up. And uh, bro, appreciate you, man. Uh, we're going to do an episode for your channel as well. So make sure you guys check that out and uh, make sure you subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. A lot of people who listen to Dave Ramsey aren't the same people who listen to me. What are your feelings on money? Is there a difference for entrepreneurs? Is Ramsey only good for your normal W-2 guy? Like- I've watched my parents. I've watched my family members. I've watched friends drown in debt, play the game. Yep. And I'm